0: On today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we look into a song that is going to open up your pure, unadulterated grade 8 vulnerability.
1: We're also going to get a
0: great definition of what freestyle music is. And we find out that Timmy T is not just a freestyle crooner, but he's also a vigilante. On the side. You're
1: listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures and our take on Timmy T's One More Try. So, about six months ago, Bill, I came to you. I came to you with an idea for an episode on the podcast that we do Timmy T's
0: One More Try. And do you remember your response to me? Yeah, I think it was, I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. And if I do recall, it was you saying, who's better, Timmy T or Stevie B? And then you had uproarious laughter. And I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know either. You
1: didn't know who either of them were. But Timmy T, One More Try, is one of those super, super surprising songs. You listen to it and you know it,
0: but then you dig into it and you realize how popular the song actually was. I couldn't believe it because when I finally heard it, because I told you I had no idea what you're talking about, then I didn't listen to it. And then I just (laughs) listened to it last week and it was a sudden... Wave of nostalgia? Yes, that's it. And I was brought back to it, must be grade seven or eight. And just like suddenly I was there and I remember the song. I remember hearing on the radio a lot. It was huge because the Buffalo station played it a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just like I had blocked it out or forgot all about it as soon as, you know, we got into high school. But it brought back. Well, like I said, it brought back these memories. And then when I played it for colleagues at work, they were just like, well, who's Timmy T? And like, okay, let me play it for you. And so I played it for my friend Shanta. And she immediately sang along to all the lyrics. Yeah. Before they came up, she was already there. Yeah. So people in the staff room started moving to it and swaying and singing it. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those songs that... It's in your subconscious
1: and it's always going to be there and you will never lose this song. You might forget that you know about it, but it's never gone from your head or your heart. And you know, that's not a bad thing. No, 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 absolutely not.
2: One more try, I didn't know how much I loved you. One more try, let me put my arms around you. Baby, can we give it, one more try?
1: it was funny. A couple of years ago at work, one of my one of my colleagues came in and was like, "Hey, Greg, you're in a good mood. What's going on?" It's just like I just heard the best song on the radio on my way in. I was like, "It's complete nostalgia. I forgot about the song, and I, I just I, I heard it, and I haven't heard it in probably 30 years." I say, like, "Oh, what what song was it?" It's like, oh, you probably wouldn't know it. It's uh, one more try. It's like, yes, Timmy T, I know the song so, so well. And we both started singing, one more try. I didn't know how much. Like, right in the office, everyone else was like, what is wrong with you guys? Like,
0: um, the greatest music alive is what's wrong with us. And this is what our show is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And something I learned actually was that this is called Freestyle. And all I could think of was freestyle rap. Like, this is not freestyle rap. Now, I know Timmy T was dabbling in a bit of rap in his early days in Fresno there.
1: Yeah, he was in, like, hip-hop and rap groups.
0: Yeah. But it turns out that freestyle is actually something different. And it is... Let me just tell you what I found out about it. Did you look it up at all? No. Okay. You know I don't research. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, it's coming out of the early 80s and... It's also known sometimes as Latin freestyle or Latin hip-hop. So, I took this straight out of Wikipedia. Very good entry today in Wikipedia on freestyle. And it's electronic dance music. Came out of New York and Philadelphia, but had pockets in Florida, California, and even up in Toronto. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, there's different styles of freestyle. So, Stevie B, we mentioned earlier, is Miami freestyle. Oh, okay. And so timmy t is fresno california well he's the only guy in fresno there so it's california freestyle yeah and then you have the original new york freestyle which was shannon let the music play oh, was like the okay, first yeah, yeah. freestyle song
1: so this is all coming around because our, our friend friend of the podcast uh, yeah. uh, suggested shannon Let yeah. the, let the music play to us oh yeah so sarah this one's for you yeah so, we can still have the Timmy T, Stevie B cage match that I planned on, right? Totally. This is so
0: exciting. <laughs> I uh, texted Sarah to let her know that we were doing this and asked her if she knew it. Because she lives in LA, not far from Fresno. Yep. And so, she just sent, oh, baby, can we give it one more try? Never forgot that one. Exactly. Yeah. This song does not ever leave you. Yeah. So, back to the freestyle thing, though. You got Shannon, let the music play, kind of set things off. And it's like the sort of club music that had this sort of specific beat to it. Mm -hmm. And they talk about these features that go with it. Stress on beats two and four, as you know. I don't, but go on. Oh, even better. Syncopation with a bass line, as you know, with your knowledge of syncopation. Yeah. And a louder bass drum, lead synth, or percussion. And optional stabs of synthesized brass or orchestra samples, but we like to call them orchestra hits.
1: Or, yes, exactly.
0: And then it goes on to 16th notes, hi-hats, and like, no, 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 that's I, that's a little too much for me. Yeah, that's, that's a little, like, music snobbery at that point. But when you hear it, you know it, and so you start to hear all these different songs that were kind of within freestyle or influence, like the mm. influence went over into some of those songs that came out of England, definitely had a freestyle sound, so it really set... Things off in terms of what club music was going to sound like.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And so what we have though in Timmy T's and previous couple months earlier was Stevie B's song. Yeah. Was. Uh, uh,
1: because I Love You, uh, yeah. the Postman song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is that sort of, how do we rephrase it? Sad bastard.
1: Well, th- this song is, it's a, it's a breakup. Tr- it's a, no, it's not a breakup song. It's a song about begging for another try. Yeah. But it, but it, it is what i like to refer to as like sad bastard music it's this song you listen to when you're upset about a relationship ending and you
0: just want to wallow in that sadness and it is a perfect song oh it is so good junior high student yeah oh yeah <laughs> so
1: oh poor melodramatic me at uh 14 years old oh, or whatever goodness. it was
0: oh man dear listener I know you got pain. We all got pain. You got those relationships, real, or in our case, imagined, that have caused you... So many (laughs) imaginary relationships that cause me pain. So much pain. So much pain. It's time to open yourself up to be vulnerable again, because I think Timmy T is going to bring you some healing today. Yeah. Just give it one more try.
2: Can't we give it one more try? One more try, I didn't know how much I loved you.
0: Okay, now that we got freestyle out of the way, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about Timmy T's history. Yeah. So, Timmy T,
1: uh, not his actual real name. Well, it's Timothy Torres. Yeah. So, so, there's that. And it's I think it's fairly obvious where he gets a stage name
0: from. Right. And this is in a long line of freestyle singers who also have single last names you have stevie b i think there was a stevie o there was a sl- something Susie q Susie q oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of freestyle where it's like oh wait there's a lot of people who just um either they'll just put the letter at their last name or they'll call themselves like debbie deb yeah <laughs> so these are all freestyle things so if it was you it'd be
1: frankie p frankie p yeah which was my DJ name when I was in university. It never was. I was never a DJ.
0: One day. One day. So, Timothy T, or Timmy T, Timmy Torres, is coming out of Fresno, California. Not a lot of acts that I know that came out of Fresno. None that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. We have friends who've lived in Fresno. Yeah. And They'll never stop telling us about it, too. <laughs> so, he still lives in Fresno as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... He, uh, at a young age, always wanted to be kind of on stage. Mm-hmm. So, he apparently hosted a TV show. At least that's what I read somewhere on one of the... Yeah, he was a, like a on a, a kid's TV show. Yeah. He also tried to be a clown at a circus once when he was like 16. Okay. He was a magician. He was primarily known as magician who traveled around. So, friends of oh, his we're... would just assume he's doing magic shows, but he kind of transitioned from magic into music. Okay, wait. Do you think... Our friend Mike, who does magic, who lived in Fresno, do you think they ever crossed paths? Oh, I imagine, due to the competitive nature of the magic biz. In Fresno specifically? Yeah, I would think they probably were enemies, like frenemies, but definitely there'd be a lot of competition out there. That's fantastic. we got to ask Mike about that next time we see him. (laughs) So, you throw in a Moog synthesizer and everything changes. Yeah, He's a fantastic juggler. Okay. How do I know this because I watched a 30-minute documentary from 1991 on Timmy T. Not of only you not did. only does he juggle. He juggles those like bowling pins? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I just think of them as bowling pins. Those things for juggling? Yeah. He not only loves juggling, he loves trampolines. Okay. He had this whole story about getting into his high school to get on the trampoline. I think he might have gotten trouble. So when he got his money, he bought himself a trampoline so he could jump on it and he's showing flips that he was doing but it was like seriously it was like going to your buddy's house when you were in school yeah and they're showing you all their toys which is what timmy t was doing in this documentary so here's timmy t and he's in his early
1: 20s at this point i think Mm -hmm. he has this number one song and we'll we'll talk about that because this song made it to number one on the billboard hot 100 track unheard of and bonkers because it's essentially an independent track. He he signed to an, a Canadian indie label. And we'll, we'll we'll talk more about this later. But here's a guy who for a short period of time was on top of the world and the documentary of him is like, "Hey guys, Check out this wicked backflip I can do on my trampoline. That was exactly it. That's the guy he
0: is, which makes him all the more endearing. Yeah, absolutely. He's totally just showing all the things. He's walking through record stores, seeing his stuff. He's on stage singing to the backing track, and girls are crying as he's singing. It was fantastic. And he bought a, I think 1967 Corvette was one of the first things he bought. Oh, okay. For twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. I think or was it twelve hundred and fifty dollars it was it's a 1991 eh? back then it was a lot of money whatever it was yeah regardless yeah there's a washington post article that said he now owns more cars than he can drive at once which i thought (laughs) might have been the dumbest thing i've read in an article it's like thanks washington post i believe that number would then be two yes he has two cars wow opulence i tell you who says
1: journalism is (laughs) dead
0: All right, so that takes us to Timothy T. That's not it, though, because he had a girlfriend. Wait, there's more. Yeah, and he had a girlfriend. Do you know the name of the
1: girlfriend, Frank? I don't, but I like to think that her last name is just one letter.
0: It could be, because he never gave the last name, but her name was Cindy. Oh, And I found an article from the Washington Post, the same article. Same one
1: that said that he had more than one car.
0: Yeah, more than one car, and then he had this girlfriend named Cindy. He wouldn't Give her last name. Kudos oh, to him because, yeah. you know, all the girls would be attacking her. Yeah. She worked as a cashier at a gas station and they were together, but she broke up with him and he was so upset about it. He ended up, I think, going to a pawn shop. I'm not sure if this is the right order, but he goes to the pawn shop, buys an 808 drum machine. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the Kanye album, 808. And 808s heartbreaks. and
1: heartbreaks, yeah.
0: And then he also bought a Moog synthesizer which I think would be impossible to just buy a Moog synthesizer these days, but at a but pawn back shop. But then, yeah. Yeah. So a, but by then, people don't care about it. He took it and he wrote the song time after time for her. He brings the song to her after midnight for her to hear. Oh, okay. And she just starts crying and loves it. And then he is so pleased with it that he starts, or she tells him, I think, gives him encouragement, and he starts driving around to roller rinks and radio stations.
1: Yeah, he started... He brought it to the local radio station, asked them to play it, and they
0: started playing it, and it got a lot of action. I think it sold 400,000 copies. Yeah. We, and so, this is time after time. Yeah. Now, this is a precursor to this one. Yeah. So, they end up breaking up again. Mm-hmm. And he writes, one more try. Yeah. This one also gets her back, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it actually did oh, get wow. her back, but not for long. Then they broke up again. Okay. <laughs> and then that was it. That was it, yeah. So... In his article, he actually explains little parts of the lyrics that are specifically about his relationship with Cindy. Okay. And so, anyways, he got her back. Doesn't last. She breaks up with him. But he would keep calling her, like, while the song was doing well. Like, kept checking up, kind of saying, hey, did you hear the song? And she said, yeah, every time I hear it on the radio, I turn off the radio. Oh! And so, it just got worse. But he kept trying and he kept calling her, even though he's... Just one more try. One more one try. One more so try. all these... People are crying at his concerts. They want to be around him, but he's still hooked on this girl.
1: Well, and, and it's funny too because I I, uh, I saw a couple of interviews that he did from the early '90s, and they're all the girls like screaming for him and and cheering for him and the interviews going on and saying, like, does this happen everywhere? And he's just like, yeah, kind of. He didn't ever really seem to be that much into it because he was still hooked on this Cindy
0: girl. Still pining. And I think you and I understand this because you and I are the type of loyalists. I don't like to use the term obsessors. The loyalists (laughs) that we are, that if we... Are attracted to someone or feel they're for us we will just be devoted to the yeah. idea of it yeah and so much of it is the idea and when you're in grade seven eight you just get devoted to the idea of somebody and just feeling your heart broken again and again but Timmy T gets it yeah and he keeps even with all his success he's still calling her to see if she likes it or if she's happy and she's not mm-hmm. you know what happens the last time he calls her No, what happened? The phone number is out of order.
1: Oh, no. Oh.
0: Yeah. Timmy T, he feels all of our pain.
1: Oh. I think we need to hang out with him.
0: Yeah. I I think we can commiserate together. Oh, totally. (laughs) Okay. So, this song does huge business.
1: So, time after time goes out, and it's starting to get really popular. And he just keeps mailing off copies of the record. He said he was going broke trying to keep up with all the all the different radio stations requesting the a copy of the song. And he he recorded the song on uh, I forget how much it was. It was something like one hundred forty four dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Money he made as a locksmith. And in my mind, knowing now that he was a magician. It was, a, it was a locksmith, it, that was just part of his act, getting out of the straitjacket like Harry yeah. Houdini used to do. <laughs> so so the, the song is doing really well. And I think from there, he had a bunch of songs written, which would have included uh, One More Try. Mm-hmm. And then it was basically like he needed to sign with a record label. Yeah, and he ended up signing with Quality,
0: which was a an indie label from Canada. Yeah, I think it was their first signing at least for an American. Yeah, Yeah,
1: which is you know good on them.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we got a connection here, Timmy. You love Canada. I'm I'm sure you have
1: to come up and sign some royalty checks. So like, come on up and hang out at the Winchester. So
0: one more try, gets pushed out there. It's self produced from what I gather. Yes, he's written it, self produced it. And I think the whole album was recorded in his garage studio. It certainly seems like it. I mean, in the end, it's pretty basic, Mm -hmm. but it works. Oh, so well. Yeah. And so he's competing with all these other songs. Let me give you the songs that were number one leading up to him. Okay. Okay? We'll start in January. Yeah. Justify My Love, Madonna goes number one for two weeks. Never understood that unlistenable.
1: Yeah, it's not a good song.
0: Love will never do without you, Janet Jackson. Very listenable. That's a very good song. Yeah. And then the first time by Surface. Do you remember that one? Oh, was that the first time I looked into your eyes? I cried, wiped the tears away when we fell in love.
1: I vaguely, I don't know. I vaguely remember that song.
0: Well, I didn't think I remembered it till I just read it. Yeah. And then <laughs> I just have a moment. I think my nose is bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna make you sweat, CNC Music Factory. Okay. So these are all. Big time yeah. things. All the man that I need, Whitney Houston, and then someday Mariah Carey. Wow. From March 9th to, uh, well, March 16th. So two weeks, March 9th and March 16th. And then one more try pushes Mariah Carey someday. That's off.
1: bonkers. Yeah.
0: He has one week at number one. Yeah. And then in comes Gloria Stefan. Fresh off the bus accident, so to speak, with coming out of the dark. That's right. Triumph. Yeah. But fair enough. I mean, hey, Clara Stefan's pushing you off. That's great. And you yeah. pushed off Mariah, Mariah Carey. Carey. Yeah. What do you think about that sandwich? That's uh, not bad meat in that sandwich. Am I right? Timmy T's the meat, though. Yeah. So not bad bread in that meat sandwich. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is our deli podcast now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But every now and again, the music
1: industry really, really surprises you because that song against everybody else that came to number one before and after realistically had no business being there because there's no huge record label promotion push on that song. It's just, you know what, it's a heartfelt, emotive song. And you can feel everything about it. You can feel his heartache. It is
0: yeah. palpable oh, yeah. through the whole song. It's so perfect. It just belongs and its time too. Yeah. I played it for my class today just to get a sense. Yeah. And they were, I believe the word is nonplussed in that no, there was no plussing going on from them at all. They just stared at me. And like, it was like, well, you ask your parents about it. They'll understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when you see your dad, like, with a single tear rolling down his cheek, you know that he knows what this
0: song is all about. <laughs> totally. Totally. Should we dive into the lyrics? Yeah, let, I, let's hit, let's hit the lyrics. Yeah. Now, um, the power of a song is that if you were just to read it off a page, it might not feel quite so strong. Let's work through it a little bit here. It opens with those beats and notes that feel so reminiscent of other songs, but I couldn't quite... Pin them down.
1: Yeah, because when I played that, played the song for you last week, and you hear that bump, 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 bump at the beginning, which is the the moog synthesizer. You're like, "Baby, I love your way" by Will to Power. Yeah, which is
0: freestyle. Yeah, Miami freestyle. But they're definitely there, right? So yeah, it's right within that. I didn't know what freestyle was, but I knew. Yeah, but th- So this is where you hear that beginning. It's so recognizable. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't just state it enough. He did this. Yeah. wasn't a producer. No, no, no. He did everything himself. And you can make fun of it. People do. Yeah. Boy, there's an Entertainment Weekly article that just is a crushing blow on him. Oh, really? But it's before he hit number one. And they just keep attacking everything about the song. But little do they know, it's catching fire across the land.
1: Because it resonates with everyone.
0: Yeah. It's been a long time since you left me. I didn't mean to make you cry I didn't mean to disappoint you I didn't mean to tell you lies
2: It's been a long time since you left me I didn't mean to make you cry I didn't mean to disappoint you To tell you lies.
0: Part of me as a high school English teacher is like, well, this could be grade eight, grade nine material, but that would be the same for all pop songs. And yeah. it's not a criticism. It's because it's they're not old enough to use fancy language to escape their feelings.
1: But you don't need to be fancy. You don't need to be Shakespeare to get the point across, to be emotional. Because I think the way that the song progresses and the way that he sings it. That's all you need. Like the lyrics are simple. The emotions are simple in the way that it's kind of stark in the production of the song. And I think that's what gets it across. That's what gets these simple one
0: solitary man emotions across. For sure. And I think it's that's with his voice I have written here. There's like a plaintive, nasally sound to it. It's not like a trained voice, but that makes it all the more vulnerable yes. and all the more real. Yeah. And when you realize Cindy's a real person mm-hmm. who he is longing for, he's right. He's not coming up with someone in his head. He's writing directly yeah. to someone. Well, all this these songs is personal
1: and real to him.
0: Yeah. And so when he says "tell you lies," he actually means he told her lies. Oh, really? But that surprises you, doesn't it?
1: Well, uh, not really, but yes.
0: All right, here it is from the Washington Post article. So the relationship deteriorated as his crusade to get his song heard blossomed. This is about time after time. She just didn't want to see him anymore. I still loved her and everything. This leads into the song. This is what it says in the article. He pauses. Taking on the look of a man about to explain something too complicated to explain. I started seeing another girl, okay? I still wanted Cindy, but she didn't want me. But I thought, this isn't right. None of these girls have what she has. I wanted her back. Now, he wasn't cheating on her because she'd broke up with him. Yeah. But he felt he was cheating on her because in his heart... In his heart, he was still committed to her. That's right. He called Cindy a couple months later, and she agreed to start their relationship again. But soon after they resumed seeing each other, Cindy asked Timmy if he had dated other women when they were apart. No. Why? He lied. He lied. Later, he confessed the truth. But I learned that there's nobody else out there that has what you have, he told her. Still, she was furious. Once again, the relationship was off. And once again, Timmy T wrote her a song, One More Try. Oh! And that's how this song came about. I can't help laugh because I think they got together. But Timmy, if you could just see the nature of how this is going in a relationship you're going to break up again. And then they broke up again pretty shortly after yeah. that. So that's where the lies comes in. Yeah, And then we go into that chorus because we have your pre-chorus. And after all that we have been through, won't you let me tell you why? One more try. I didn't know how much I loved you. One more try. Let me put my arms around you. Living all these lonely nights without you. Oh, baby, can we give it one more try?
2: after all that we have been through Won't you let me tell you why And now that we have found each other Can't we give it one more try
1: This is where the song really hits home for me. The Moog is gone. The drum track is sort of toned down a little bit, and it's just him on a piano. Just yeah. a just a man on a piano, just vomiting out his feelings. And what I like about it, too, is it's not, oh, baby, can you give me one more try? It's, oh, baby, can we give it one more try? It's not it's a collective thing. It's a we're together, we're a relationship, we're a team. And it just makes it feel like he's missing out on it it's not about him, it's about them, is what I kind of like about that line.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. It just had me starting to think about songs that have one more in it, as you said it, like, oh man, one more is this emotion. There's this George Michael song called One More Try. (laughs) (laughs) Not as good as this one. There's also a Phil Collins song, which is my all-time favorite Phil Collins song, which would then make it probably my all-time favorite song, because Mm -hmm. Phil Collins is my... Most likely my all-time favorite artist. Yeah, one more night. Oh, okay. Oh,
1: there's also uh, it's not one more, but it's one last, one last cry by Brian McKnight.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You're even breaking up just saying that.
1: It is that that is the ultimate sad bastard song. It is oh, it is so good. Oh my goodness, I can't like yeah, I'm getting misty just thinking about that song. We need to cover that song. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there.
0: All right. The song goes on to like, I mean, other verses are similar. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know how important it is that we move through each of them. Yeah. I mean, we, like. The, honestly, though,
1: it's the chorus that really drives it home.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, the next one he's going to say, it's been a long time since I kissed you. And you don't need to be a poet to know that he's going to rhyme it with missed you. Yes. <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> it always made us feel so good you forgive me if you could. And now that we have found each other, can we give it one more try?
2: It's been a long time since I kissed you It always used to feel so good And if you knew how much I missed you You'd forgive me if you could Now that we have found each other. Can't we give it one more try?
0: There's a sense that they they're back together and he's he's saying this plaintively. Yeah. Well of course he is. That's he's it's not if he. I, is.
1: no, I don't think they're back together. This is this is a begging song.
0: Yeah. And in the Stereogum article, because we always go to Tom Brian's Stereogum yeah. when we can. He says he's. There's no way they got back together. Oh, but they did. They did though. Did. Sorry, Tom. You were wrong. You're wrong. They were back together for about 15 minutes. So, (laughs) (laughs) so um, kudos also to uh, Timmy T for never really giving much more information about the girl.
1: No, which is you know commendable.
2: One more try. I didn't know how much I loved you. One more try. Let me put my arms around you. Living all these lonely nights without you. Oh, baby, can we give it one more try?
0: You're right. The chorus is everything and we just keep coming back to it. And by, by the time we get closer to the end, it's just coming up again and again.
1: Yeah. And then we have that nice little outro bridge or whatever you want to call it. And I feel like Every early 90s, because this would almost be categorized as, as R&B a bit. Every early 90s R&B song had to have a spoken word portion Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It, I think it's a freestyle ballad thing, too. Is it? Oh, it's, okay. It's in there, too. I mean, but it's hard to say just freestyle ballad because they blend into R&B and to yeah. some other styles of music.
1: Well, it, yeah, it's sort of, there's a Venn diagram there and freestyle's in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. At the end where it's the spoken word. And it's, oh girl, you know I love you. I just want you to know. Our love I'll always treasure. So please, just don't let me go. Oh girl, you know I love you. I just want you to know. Our love
2: I'll always treasure. So please, just don't let me go.
1: So I remember when, when the song came out, and it was being played on the radio all the time. And it was on one of the countdowns, the uh, the KISS 98.5 countdown. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to come on. So, like, you know, the song comes on, They announce it. I jump over to the, to the tape recorder. I hit record on it. And we're listening to this song. And it's like, finally, I have Timmy T's One More Try on this mixtape that I'm making. Because I'm an emotional 14-year-old. And these are the songs that I need to listen to. And I love... And the song ends, and it's the the spoken word part. And just at the very end, the DJ is talking over it at the end. Because I, I remember being so happy but so angry about about having this song on this tape. Because he talked over it, it's like, so please, just don't let me go. And it was the DJ saying that over top of Timmy T. And just like, oh, man, you just ruined
0: this amazing song for me. And you spent most likely at least two or three hours waiting for that song.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I did.
0: Oh, well, wow. getting it
1: right at the right moment. Like, I want to catch the very beginning right to the end. Yeah. And then, like, if I caught a little bit of commercial afterwards or talking afterwards, you know, you can rewind it, find the right spot, and then start recording the next song so you, you, you skip out on that stuff. Yeah. But right over top, while Timmy T's speaking, the DJ speaking, too, it's like, oh, come on, man. I didn't jump out of bed to hit record on this tape to listen to you
0: talk over Timmy T. The pain of the mixtape. Well, the pain that I felt at that moment. <laughs> yeah. But the pain in general of the mixtape is that one is, I felt like in Niagara, you couldn't buy singles. And even if you could, it would just be like on a tape. I don't remember them sell- selling 45s in 91 anymore. No. So you could see the CD, which was a shocking amount of money back then. And then there was tapes. Yeah. So you wanted just the one song, so you'd get your, maybe your Memorex 90 or 60, most likely 90, yeah. to save money. And then you would want to get your songs in order, and they'd have to be just the right songs. Yeah. You'd have to get them so that the DJ doesn't mess them up. And I mean, it was so much work to get it. you just stay by the radio. You could stay by the radio all morning, oh, yeah. just trying to get things.
1: It was like hours and hours and hours days just putting together one single tape
0: and they're fantastic when you had the tapes oh yeah they weren't fantastic when they got destroyed by overuse yeah but people uh you know i don't want to be that guy says people don't get it but there was so much effort that went into it but with that effort came so much joy
1: yes it was an accomplishment look what i just made
0: oh yeah and this song fits well with that.
1: Well, you can imagine the accomplishment that Timmy T felt when he recorded this album in his garage again.
0: It made zero sense that this song made it to number one. It didn't. and this is why there's a certain amount of uh, pleasure in seeing yes. them defeat the machine. Oh, so Carey is a machine, right? Yeah. Someday should have been number one forever. And oh, then such this, a good song! It too. is my favorite Mariah Carey song, but this yeah. comes in. Oh, same here, yeah. Just steal it, yep. And it came out of someone who spent a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, like maybe on the material was only 150 bucks or something. Yeah. Apparently, he recorded it in a friend's garage. Oh, okay. There's a lawsuit that was put out in the '90s over this song. Okay. So somebody named Russell Hildreth and it goes by Russ Hildreth, I think, sued for songwriting credits on the song. They settled out of court and agreed to put him down as a songwriter. Yeah,
1: because I see him listed as one of the songwriters. And then
0: I went looking up Russ Hildreth. I couldn't find anything. I found a lawyer in California named Russ Hildreth. Maybe that's connected. Yeah. But it turns out that he didn't write any other music. So I'm wondering if Russ is the person who had the garage. Oh, maybe. Because he wrote this song, and the story goes he wrote it for his girlfriend, but there's somebody who's saying, oh, no, no, I have half the rights to this or something, or I have rights. I'm not yeah. sure if it's half. So, I don't know if there's, like, a, somebody who wrote a song that sounds like it, if that's what it is, or if there's some connection. okay. But I haven't been able to find anything about this.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, because considering the, the stark nature of the album and the song and everything that just... I I
0: thought it was just Timmy T doing everything. I guess we could have sent him a message on Twitter. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll find out. And if we do, we'll insert it into this podcast. (laughs) Oh, girl, you know I love you. I just want you to know. That ending is something else. Okay, just to go back to it, that ending (laughs) is something else. I do want to say that I remember... Being on the school bus coming home from high school, grade 9 or 10, and a friend of ours had lent us, so when I I was hanging out with Andrew, and a friend of ours lent him his songwriting notebook where he put in songs that he had written. Oh, okay. And every single one of the songs was typical and derivative of every song that was ever out. And so there was like perhaps some mockery, laughter, yeah. uncharitable things you do as a high school students yeah. to your friends when they're not around. And I'm sorry that it was your songwriting book. <laughs> Just going to say. <laughs> so, so, no, no. Andrew shared that with you? <laughs> so the songs in there were called like Satisfied. Right? And we are okay. like, okay, there's about 18 songs called Satisfied out there. And I'm sure One More Try could have been the name of one of them as well. Yeah. Okay. And I remember making fun of it, but then realizing that actually the lyrics were exactly what a song would be that would have reached number one. Yeah. He could have written One More Try. It's just bare emotion on the page. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't have to be anything fancy.
1: It just has to be, like,
0: real. And this song is as real as it gets. Those last lines where you can just hear his California accent coming in, I just want you to know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's California. And, and,
1: yeah, we want to, like, preface this with saying that, We're from southern Ontario, so yeah, California has an
0: accent to us. Well, actually, I think the California accent is as close to the Ontario accent as can be. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. So I heard that the Ontario accent and the California accent are really close together. really
1: just in California?
0: I love California and I would desperately want to be there.
1: I've only been there twice and both times we're just at the LA airport. Oh,
0: Oh, I need to get there. Okay. Yeah, this podcast needs to get there.
1: If we have friends out in California, please uh, buy us plane tickets so we can record in your city. (laughs) Just saying. So do we want to chat about the video a bit?
0: How can we not? Oh, I know. It is a time capsule of the glorious early 90s. It brings back memories of Beverly Hills 90210, except Timmy T, like us, is not like a multi-billionaire like apparently everyone on Beverly Hills 90210 were. yeah, And so he's wearing all these sort of suits that are in... Indicative of the time, mm-hmm. but also because he doesn't have a ton of money, these would be clothes you would just buy at the store. It's it's not over the top designer. Yeah. And he's just singing to somebody,
1: right? Yeah. It's basically early on, it's a breakup story. Yeah. The first verse is basically her leaving, they're breaking up, then the chorus, it's just him on a on a piano. Yeah. Just Timmy T, his voice, and his emotions. And then the second verse, in my mind, it's a flashback scene of the happy times they were. Yeah. They yeah. had. They're yeah. together and everything. Yeah. Then we go back to the chorus. Same thing. Timmy T, piano, emotions. Then it goes even further. They're kind of meeting together again, and he's just begging for that last try.
0: And it ends perfectly with him giving the voice, the um, yeah, the spoken word, spoken word, word part. Yeah. <laughs> And she's just staring at him. Yeah. And there's no sense of a response. Oh, I know. know. It's
1: it's a cliffhanger.
0: The director is like, just look at him and blink. Blink. Or don't blink. (laughs) Or don't blink. In the end, what's going to happen?
2: And after all that
1: we have been through, won't you let me tell you why? I also wanted to say something. So... We have this sort of view of 90s music, particularly early 90s music, and this song is completely against the grain for what we remember. So do you remember being early high school, alternative grunge and everything is like sweeping, yep. sweeping the culture? Yeah. But this song is at number one. Yeah. This song... Is that number one, when all of this is going on, when this huge cultural change is happening, pop music is still so so popular. Is
0: this a year before? When when does Nevermind come Nevermind
1: out? came out in ninety one. Oh, it did? Oh, okay. It was ninety or ninety one, yeah. And Sorry. but like like this does not fit into that sort of narrative that we create for ourselves as saying, like, how edgy and alternative we were in high school and all this sort of stuff. No.
0: Timmy T is ruling the charts. And this is like platinum plus, right? Yeah. So, this is over a million copies sold. Yeah. So, it's important to remember that while Nirvana is making this difference, you have Timmy T, you have New Kids on the oh, Block. Timmy T made a difference to me. No, but you yeah, have Timmy T, New Kids on the Block. You have all these other songs that are actually selling huge numbers. Yeah. And so, there's change going on. But this, I mean, this in itself is a change from what you're used to in the 80s too. Yeah. There's other... Other narratives going on that we've ignored. Well-spoken, Frank Pearson. It's the one good thing I said. Categories. Michael Bolton should sing this song. I think this fits in some ways with the Michael Bolton, sad 89 Bolton. Yes. But, you know, I think he's got to alter it a bit. He has to get stripped down, Michael Bolton. You mean you want Like single denim, not double denim. Right, right. Shirtless, single denim.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's so raw,
0: this song. Yeah. It has to be sung raw. And there's a second version of this from Timmy T's second album. It's just kind of piano, but doesn't work the same way this does. It doesn't have the freestyle feel. I like the idea of Michael Bolton existing within this sort of freestyle world, where his voice is being like repeated through a moog somehow. Yeah. Michael B, he would be called. Yeah. Mikey B.
1: Mikey B. Hallmark movie For sure? Oh, absolutely. 100% this is a Hallmark movie. But in the Hallmark movie, obviously the song works and he gets his one more try.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No question. Would you sing this at karaoke?
1: Absolutely, I would.
0: Um, The David Brent video for If You Don't Know Me by now. yes. (laughs) Dave Kitchen wanted you to know that that seems to match the feel of this video as well. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, it does.
0: Not a category, but a comment. Mixtape. Okay. I want you to go first. You picked Timmy T. My mixtape is a bit unwieldy right now, but I feel I will pare it down before I get to the mic. Okay. So my mixtape is songs about second chances.
1: Stuck on You, Lionel Richie. You can go back to our episode on this song, which honestly is fantastic with our good friend Liz Nabby. Fantastic episode. Fantastic song. Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Ain't no sunshine, Bill Withers. Stay, Lisa Loeb. Another independent song that went to number one. Good call. If you leave me now by Chicago, and then I'm finishing it off with On Bended Knee by Boys to Men, which has that awesome, awesome spoken word part. Yeah.
2: Baby, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for all the wrong after. Please come back home, girl. Mm-mm. I know you trust me. Oh, I'm sorry yeah, oh, I
0: Okay, mine is freestyle music oh, okay. that I haven't revisited in a long time. Now, it was a little longer, but now I'm just going to go to freestyle songs that I kind of forgot about but came back. Yeah. So, Let the Music Play by Shannon. Mm-hmm. Point of No Return by Exposé oh yes girlfriend by pebbles girlfriend why did you let him treat you so bad Oh yeah that's right oh, 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 oh. don't you want me jody Wildley. oh okay two of hearts by stacy q <laughs> yes remember that
1: yeah. two of hearts Yeah. I yeah i need you i
0: need you yeah 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 and i'm finishing it off just because those are a little too upbeat yeah Because I love you, the Postman song. Yes, such a good
1: song. This is definitely a future episode. Yeah,
0: so we got lots to work from here. Yeah. So, what's your favorite part of the song? I love the keys when they come in in the chorus, and then uh, there's like a background vocal that jumps in.
1: Oh, at the end of the uh, at the is it in the uh, chorus? It's at the end of the chorus. It's like. Uh, can't we give it one more try? And there's one more
0: try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: One more try. One more try. I didn't know how much I loved you.
0: Just the amount of effort that probably went into just making that work. Because yeah. Because he produced it himself. Yeah. Made me just enjoy it all the more. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, what about you?
1: I think uh, it's, it's in the chorus as well. It's right at the start as opposed to right at the end. When you just have that little key intro into the chorus. Yeah. You can tell there's, there's a definite shift. It's all emotion, but this is just like, okay, now we're getting serious. I know I'm, I'm talking about how sad I am and everything, but this is how really sad I am.
0: This is when Timmy T gets real. Yeah. The real Timmy T.
2: One more try. I didn't know how much I loved you. One more try Let me put my palms around you
0: Speaking of the real Timmy T Yeah Timmy T is still singing at freestyle concerts Yeah And I think Stevie B is also Maybe singing so at some too. of them too Yeah And so you can still see them on YouTube His voice is fine He's still pulling off And the nature of these songs is You just need a backing track These yeah. aren't meant to be played You know, by some sort of band Yeah he also has a sort of uh, love for his community. Oh, very much so. And he takes it to such a degree that when he's in his own version of the Batmobile, which <laughs> yeah. would be his Segway, yeah. which he includes a um, one of those... Um,
1: like a dashboard cam.
0: Dashboard cams on it. He stops petty crime in yeah. Fresno. So Yeah, like shoplifters and stuff like that.
1: He, yeah. he makes sure that people are aware of 'er ne'er-do-wells in in the community and and just trying to he doesn't go out and arrest them or anything but he brings awareness to the community of just like he cares so much about his community that he wants to just like hey right let's keep it safe let's keep law binding and this is a passion
0: of his which i'll applaud him for that for sure and i love that despite the fact there's so much petty crime in fresno he's still willing to give it one more try (laughs) well done Well, we appreciate that you've spent this time with us and listened to another episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. And for those who've heard episodes before that you didn't like, we're so grateful that you stayed. Because if you've listened to so much of our show, we've been through so much together. And after all that we've been through, we're so happy that you gave us one more try.